You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. And um, this episode we have it's the beginning of a two-part um, interview with Viola Rollins and I'll uh, share with you more about her in a minute it was such a good interview it was a it had two really distinct parts kind of like the professional and the personal the part one professional part two personal if we had to divide it like that and um, and I wanted to to bring it all to you but but we're splitting up into two parts so today's going to be part one and then you'll you'll get part two next week. But before I do that, it's spring. It feels fresh, and you know it's a time to kind of get revitalized and to to we're growing new things. New things are starting to emerge, and so it's a really good time to review your goals and how you're getting on with your goals. And so I want to remind you to last episode. I reposted the keep rocking your 2019 goals. I reposted that one from the 2018 episode. And I'm on a mission to have more people develop goals in their life and start to be intentional about what they want to achieve. Goals, planned, activities under your plan, dates by when you want to achieve something and be intentional about what you want to happen in your life. Because there's only a small percentage of people that actually do it. But what we do know, when you do do it, you are more likely to have a life that you want versus the life that you have. And so that's something that I'm really passionate about because I know it works. And I I just really want that available. So we're in a new the energy, right on the crest of the energy of spring. And use this opportunity to, number one, if you've set goals to review your goals and use the episode to do that. And number two, if you haven't set goals for yourself this year, it's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to set goals. So then you can go to an early episode. I can't remember the name, the number of the episode this year um, that supports you creating your goals. And then there's a free PDF on Goalkeeper, your goal four-step um, um, goalkeeper so that you can it can guide you with setting goals for yourself in your life if you just want to download the goalkeeper um pdf it's shirleymcalpine.com forward slash goalkeeper shirleymcalpine.com forward slash goalkeeper and from last week's episode i created the operating states pdf to help you figure out what stage you are in when you're implementing your goals and you can get that on shirleymcalpine.com forward slash operating states shirleymcalpine.com forward slash operating states and uh, so let's move on to this interview part one with Viola Rollins let me tell you something about Viola Viola is an award-winning organizational psychologist She's had 25 years of working as a global organizational effectiveness consultant. And as a result, she's got some in-depth knowledge in the area of executive coaching and developing organizations, developing initiatives for individuals and groups. And she's led team effectiveness initiatives as well, as well as a broad kind of strategic leadership development. She has specific experience working with presidents and executives at the very highest level within global, medium-sized and regional organizations, as well as a range of individuals holding C-suite roles. She also holds a part-time role as the executive director of the London Business School's Leadership Institute. It was a pleasure to interview Viola, she's also, she's, an, um, she's um, an American living in the UK for the last, I think it's nearly 30 years. And so it was just interesting to explore how she got to the UK, her experience in her work. We could have waxed lyrical for a long time, given that we have similar backgrounds in terms of our work. But this part one is about her and her life 
um, and how she became the the work, doing the work that she's doing. And part two is a, it's a much more personal, I suppose, sharing around life outside of of work and what it, the challenges of finding a life partner, for example. Um, and what does that mean as we journey to find the person <laughs> that that is gonna we want to wake up to for the rest of our life? So. I know you're going to enjoy this episode and next week's episode. So I give you Viola Rollins. Viola, thank you so much for um, being on She's Got Drive and sitting in the guest chair this week. Oh, it's my pleasure, Shirley. I'm glad we could make it happen. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, My pleasure. Well, let's start with um, sharing with our listeners how you came to do what you do. Right. Right. Well, I'm I'm asked this question often, and I I think the answer I give um, is quite surprising to people. So I've actually known what I wanted to do uh, in terms of my professional life since I was 13. Wow. Um, and people are like, "Wow, how yeah, can you <laughs> how can you figure that out at 13?" And I think it was a combination of things. It was uh, good good career counseling at my high school, parents who were actually uh, professionals themselves and the friends, therefore, that I was exposed to of theirs when I was growing growing up. And also, the my career counselor in high school trying to find opportunities that I could um, observe or get in, engaged to engaged in outside of the regular school curriculum. So going to meetings of professional associations, meeting organizational psychologists. I mean, you know, he and his colleagues were great in terms of facilitating those kind of opportunities for me, which, you know, led me, you know, quite early in my high school career to say, actually, you know, I think I want to be, you know, an industrial organizational psychologist and, work with organizations and uh that's that's what i do now that's what i would describe that i do now um probably with a more strategic organizational development uh, focus but you know i'm for the most part doing what i you know set out to do when i was 13 years old that is incredible because it's not like i want to be a fireman or firewoman do you know what i mean it's not like i want to be a policewoman and it's not like yeah. I want to be a teacher. It's like I want to be an organizational <laughs> psychologist. I mean, that is, is extraordinary. And it's, well, as it's, you've spoken to how the guidance you were given and the opportunity you were given to go out and see what's out there, which is phenomenal at that age yeah. that someone would be providing those opportunities. So what do you love about what you do? And, cause, and, and given that it's something that you you saw for yourself at the age of 13 like the possibility of it and wanting to do it and yeah. here you are uh, <clears throat> I don't know what that age was I won't really re- reveal your age unless you want to so it's a number of years right <laughs> yeah well I'm I'm 50 I'm 56 now going on uh 30 okay so 56 <laughs> going on 30 so everyone can do the maths so there's yeah. a long time. So what is it that you do you love about what you're doing, or and uh, that's kept you in this the same career and from the from your passion from a 13 year old? Yeah, I guess at the, at the most basic level, it's being able to work with individuals or teams or boards um, or you know organizations in a holistic sense to help them really execute what what they're trying to do in a in a mindful systemic manner um and for me when i say systemic i mean that's you know thinking about all the parts of you know the organization all the things that go into a um an organization and working as i call it you know not only above the neck thinking things through, but also working below the neck in terms of connecting with, if I do this, what does it mean for how my people will engage, how I need to support them, what I need to push and encourage them to think about, 
right. in their roles and how they show up. I mean, you know, orchestrating that and, you know, working at that systemic, you know, multi-layered level just brings great, great satisfaction to me. Live in London. You've been in London for a number of years now. 34 years. Yeah, I came to I came to London in the mid late 80s to do my master's degree at the University of Bath School of Management okay. and just ended up, and ended up staying and then never went home okay so that's um so then what's what is it that um in that transition in that movement did the you continued to to do the work what what was the was there a turn or shift in in the success that you were experiencing in your work in the two domains was there anything that was significantly different for you as you transitioned i'm just kind of curious because I, uh, I felt a difference coming this way and um for me and it's been i mean it's in it different they're both successful i have both successful careers in the uk and the us but i'm just curious about whether you felt any any difference yeah that's a that's a great question well um in some ways given the work i did in the uk was at the really at the start of my career mm-hmm. surely there wasn't a lot of transitioning that i needed to do in terms of you know thinking but i think what I did find early in my career that I knew I had to pay attention to, and this was, you know, because of my undergraduate training and, you know, also my master's training was, you know, there, you're working in a different cultural context here. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's a multicultural context. So, you know, I was not only working with people, uh, yes, from the, from the U S and the, and, you know, great, great Britain, but, as you can imagine, with global consulting projects, you know, there were Europeans, there were, you know, people from the Far East, there were Americans. And, you know, very early in my career, I became, you know, sensitized to the fact that I needed to pay attention to that in in my work and, and also help my clients pay attention to that because that that informs how you need to think about shaping and engaging people in in the things that you're wanting them to you know to do to do mm-hmm. in an organization mm-hmm. yeah so it's very the the people that fill those organizations are, are different and so their yeah. work alters yeah you know it's important to pay attention to that and, and use that to inform the way that you know I work with them and mm-hmm. especially how I might want them to explore the things that you know go on as i said below the neck yes you know the 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 emotions the values um etc that that drive how people show up and you know can influence their their effectiveness yeah yeah i've had that experience where when i'm working when i have worked in the oil and gas industry and worked with um many engineers and some who been you know in the careers for many many years and you know I remember working on one leadership program it was a six-month program and by the end of the program you know my group's meditating in the morning as we start the day and so in the review you know like what's your takeaway says well Shirley you got us to meditate I don't know how you did it but you got us to meditate and yeah because that is a practice that they were used to, you know? Fantastic, and yeah. At, yeah, and at first they thought, what is this woo-woo weird stuff that you're doing with me, you know? But yeah. and some of them went on to integrate that into their daily lives. So, Fantastic. But it is yeah. like understanding who you're working with and understanding as you, when you introduce stuff, as you introduce stuff and knowing what things will what they'll lean into so you throw in those models and some of those those types of like data driven absolutely yeah and then one of the other how do you gently introduce those other things that you know that would be in service of them but they're not going to necessarily lean into initially yeah absolutely and i think the thing i would add to that surely and i think in some of our you know historical conversations we have talked about that going that next step and saying okay you know here's a framework I've made it safe for you to experience this and play with it, but here's how it would apply in your daily business as usual life. Right. And here's some 
things you can put in place or think about to help you put this into your you know daily business as usual life right. um and i guess going back to to the uh, question you asked me earlier that's another thing that excites me about my work right so it's not only you know raising the awareness helping people believe in themselves see the capabilities they have and grow but it's also about you know taking what i do on the theoretical side and saying how does this work in practice mm. and then working with people you know groups individuals organizations to 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 map out to think about so if we're going to if we're going to execute this, what would it look like right. in the next three months? What experiments might I need to try around this, you know, in my business environment? And how can I make that um, psychologically safe for myself, for my team, the organization? I mean, for me, that's where, you know, I really, really get the buzz. You know, yeah. people being able to take the stuff that we, we talk about and I share and, and use it in practice. Yeah, and that and that they can take those. The other thing that I, I love as you as you speak about that is how they then really take that for the in their work lives and how they take it into their broader lives. And so I, those things that you're speaking about, you know, for our listeners who are thinking, I don't have an organisation. Well, you're in, you're in, you either you're not if you don't own one, you're in one. <laughs> some mm-hmm, level, yeah. you know. But the the ability to look at what we're doing differently and how sometimes we can make even very small changes in the way that we're working or the way that we're approaching work or the way that we are operating in our teams, um, the way that we walk in the world, we can make small changes that make a big difference to us. And um, I, and that's what's wonderful about the, the work that you're doing. Yeah. And, I'm, and again, I'm delighted to hear you say that. Um, because, you know, again, one of the things I've learned through my work through the years is, you know, not to, uh, load people up at the end of an intervention that I might have with them and say, right, you know, what's your list of 10 things you want to do? (laughs) You know, psychology shows, you know, people can really maybe, you know, hold or work on three things at once. So I'm, you know, I've really gotten people to. You know, I have a a number of processes I use to really get people to hone down and focus on, okay, right, there's 10 things you've learned here. There's five things that have really had an impact on you. Of those five things, what are the three things you think if you focus on in the next three to six months, it'll make a dramatic, visible impact on your uh, effectiveness and progress? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if that's not a message as well for anyone, wanting to implement any changes in their lives you may have yeah you may have a checklist of things that you want to change in your life but do not try and do all of them you know how you eat an elephant if you're going to eat an elephant is in bite-sized chunks so if you said you get three and then you're like let me just hone in on those three things and then just work (laughs) those three things you know yeah Yeah, and i only laugh i only laugh because i recently um, well, over the past 18 months, two years, I've applied that to my personal life in terms of just decluttering my house, yeah. right? And not being overwhelmed and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I should do this in a day. It's like, take one room at a time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> do one room, do it well, and then take a break for six months and choose another room. <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah. There, there'll be people going, oh my God, that's what I have. I took all of the rooms at the same time and got overwhelmed and then I just ditched the whole project. Uh, well, then let's, um, so let, I'm curious to, to um, speak to you then about success for you and what it means for you because, you know, I want to say in all the years that you've been working, unfortunately, there's still not many of you operating at your level, you know, mm. wandering around academia as well as in the business space consultant space and so you know you've really been able to um carve a really great career for yourself but what is this what what does success mean for you and and then how do we start to look at what what the sources of your success are in terms of my personal definition of success uh, i i would define that as being able to uh, execute my vision, aspirations, 
the things I believe give me energy um, in a way that I don't have to compromise on what I know creates engaging value added outputs from from what I from what I do. Right. So, um, so here, say, say more about that. Like, what what's the because the word that came out that stood out for me was the compromise piece. You know, in a way that you're able to do um, fulfill your what you're here to do essentially but without compromising and what's the comp what's the element where for you you're like mm, no yeah 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 well i i can't speak i i can't speak for everybody but i know that in terms of the way i aspire to work and the work that i do that often you can find individuals trying to commission you saying actually you know okay so i want this culture change but i want it to happen in two weeks right or I want this team to be a more effective, put together a training program that at the end of that, um, they're going to be, you know, flying high and, and more effective. And I just know, you know, both from my studies, both from, well, both from my studies, research, and practice, yeah. and I mean, you know, um, evidence-based research that you know, developmental interventions, change interventions, especially in the 21st century, you know, require certain attributes if they're if they're really going to be successful. Being able to say, yeah, I see what you're doing, but I'm probably not the right person to be doing that right. with you because I, in terms of what you're aspiring to, I don't think the structure, you know, or the way you're, you know, wanting to approach this is going to help you. Right. Yeah, so it's really um, great what you're speaking about because you're speaking about what I can hear is like the real integrity in your work and in really being honest with your with them to say, actually, from my experience and from what I know, where you want to be and what with the intervention, what you're suggesting that we do isn't going to be enough. Yeah. And, and so it's fine if you want to do that, but I'm not your person. <laughs> I yeah. think that's really, and it takes some, um, you know, I really believe that for me, um, when we're operating from that place of alignment with there's some value that sits underneath that um, for you, that's there, or what well, I see some integrity that you're not compromising, that that more will come your way. And yes. that, well, you know, yeah. and then you've got, as you've got this example of someone then saying, well, hold on a minute. Let's talk about this for a second. Let's explore this for a second, and then you're not kind of because I, I I know that I've been in situations where it's like, um, can we do a diversity and inclusion program, and we want everyone to be trained in black? Can we do it in a lunch and learn? It's like, well, two hours. <laughs> wow. Wow. wow, that's uh, a yeah, that's a that's yeah, an hour. <laughs> no, we can't. So I'm not your person. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like uh, yeah, and and truly, I think you know. We, uh, you know, I sense we both do that in a way, um, and I'm saying this again, reflecting on conversations we've had in the past, mm -hmm. you know, that it's it's not about making them wrong. It's like, well, you can get that, you know, you could take that approach, but given what you're aspiring to do and what you're asking me to do, I don't think that approach is going to get you what you need. And I right. don't want to, you know, get it us to a point where we're both disappointed. Right. Where we, um, waste, we waste so many people's time. And energy yeah. and efforts, the efforts that can money. go into that and money. And then at the end of it, someone's going to say, you see, you know, it doesn't work. And it's not where it wasn't. And it isn't that it wasn't because the will wasn't there. Yeah. It's because it wasn't. The action wasn't matching the 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 outcome. You know, yeah, it's needed to absolutely. Yeah. And then and, again, I, and I'm. And I, even though we're speaking about organizations, that's true for us as individual levels. That's true for it us is. in life. You know, if we want to get to produce a particular outcome, if you're not taking the right action, it doesn't matter what you're doing with that action. If it ain't the right action, it ain't going to produce the result. One of the things I forced myself to do in my early career was actually write down the things that I felt were important to me. So, you know, having had you know, experience with organizations. And actually, maybe I did this sort of mid-career. Mm -hmm. um, but no, knowing all the things that 
that help me do effective work, I actually wrote those down. So what? how do I need leaders who are commissioning my work to be thinking about what they want to do? How do I need them to be showing up as leaders? And I wrote these things down, and I actually put them on my website. Right. Um, just to get it out there in the world. And I want to say I think that's been that's really been a service to me in terms of people being able to to look at that and self select and say, ooh, actually <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm, you know, up for this or in this place. Right. Um, and yeah, so I think that that's that's you know, actually going through that has has served me in terms of people self-selecting into to calling me and also just for me to be, you know, clear and articulate in terms of thinking and talking about the things that I know create a successful intervention or an effective intervention when I'm involved. Right. That's great because then you're saying, so you're, you're saying like if you, this is, if you're working with me, this is what I know. This is, this is how I work and this is that. how my clients normally work, you know, if we're going to do good work together. And you said people right. self-select and it's, and the, the, the beauty in what you're sharing is the moments of sitting down and thinking about, well, what, who, who are the people that I want to work with? What are they doing and what are they saying and who are they being? Yeah, you've got it. And how am I working and what, when do I work at my best and what's yeah. the environment and the people that I need around me to work at my best. And, yeah. Um, and it's amazing because then those people come into your space. They do. They absolutely that, Right? Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah. And, and you, you become, I believe, more discerning in terms of, you know, knowing what it is you're looking for in, in collaborators. Right. Not, you know, not only, you know, organizations or teams or individuals you work, you'd work with, but also in terms of peers. Yes. Yeah that you would collaborate right, with. Right. I remember for me, one, once I moved here, um, it's been, it'll be six years in January. And one of the things that I, you know, I, I was working in a system and, uh, and there were some peers that I loved to work with and there were peers that I didn't. I mean, that was the truth, you know? <laughs> I mean, so yeah. they were, I didn't, they were okay, but I didn't want my work life to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know? So then I created that I'm only going to work with clients that and peers that I love to work with. That's mm-hmm. what I created. I said, that's it. And if, if I don't love working with them, I'm not going to do that work. Yeah. And now some people say, well, it's all right for you, Shirley, to make that choice. You know, you're in it. But at the time, it's not like I had any more work coming. You know, it's all like yeah. I had booked work. But that's the standard I took. And I have to say that I only work with people that I love to work with that's I, there isn't anyone that I'm working with right now that I don't I'm not loving it you know so it, it is um and it it can you create a future state for yourself and then you're and then you're looking for as you say those people come in but it also has allows you to make choices about who's around you um and that principle you can apply to work or you that principle you can apply in in much broader in your life Absolutely. And I, and, and I love how you articulated that. And you've, and you've picked up a, an important point that also applies to me, which is, um, you know, I've put my, you know, aspirations and desires out there. Um, and, but it's not like I don't have a mortgage to pay, <laughs> bills to pay, you know, you know, commitments, et cetera. But I've, you know, learned over the years, that the stronger I am in terms of my in, intent and sharing, you know, and helping people understand what's required in my experience from, you know, for an effective um, engagement, that the work shows up. Right. So the mortgage is paid, the bills are paid, right. et cetera. Right. So I'd like but it, to... does, it, does, it does take trust. It does. When you're an entrepreneur, there's a whole way of being that's required. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years now. Yeah. And um, because at the beginning of the year, you really don't know what you're going to earn by the end of the year. I mean, you, you, I mean, in reality, 
you don't know. I mean, you might have some, you know, over the years you get good at, I've got good at having, building the work into the next year. So you've got, you're walking into the year with something and foundation and then you're building. But you have to trust that you've got everything that you need to create the work. And you have to trust that you stand in your integrity of how you operate and that in the space of integrity, the work will come and your clients will come. And I, I stand in those, there's enough clients for everyone and some are mine and some are someone else's. I'm just like, as basic as that, you know, so the ones that are going to work with me will show up and we'll work together. And the ones who aren't, will go with someone else, you know, and it seems that that those are my principles and they seem to be working. So. um, No, that's great. And, and just as an added, I guess, strategy that I, that I've, work to deploy at least over the past six years um as you know i do work at london business school Mm -hmm. so i have a formal part-time role that i've been asked to do as uh, executive director of their leadership institute but then that leaves me free to flex the rest of my freelance portfolio right uh, over the course of a year and you know sometimes that involves doing a little bit more for London Business School on their executive education side um, or a little less so I can do, you know, more of my private private consulting work. Right. So let's explore, if you look at your sources of success. Yeah. Where's it, where's it come from? I mean, there's multiple that can yeah. overlap, but what, where's your source of success from? Yeah, there, there all, there all are multiple things. I mean, um, I mean, if I could just like quickly go through. So, um, family history. So I'm, I'm a third generation, um, university, university graduate. Wow. So that, that, that sort of culture within my family, Mm -hmm. um, has contributed to my success. I mean, you know, I don't know if you, have had a look at my LinkedIn profile. Um, I often, you know, point people that way. But on inter- International Women's Day, I was really driven to reflect and, you know, celebrate my my mother and my grandmother. So my grandmother got her diploma in 1925 um, in the U.S. And you know, my mother got her master's from the University of um, Pittsburgh in uh, I think it was 19, 1958, after having, you know, done her first degree um, at a, you know, private Christian college. So, you know, that Amazing. that foundation, um, I think, contributed to my success. And it wasn't about being expected, you know, to go on to university or study to the master's level, but it was, you know, this being imbued with this sense of, you know, you know, education is just cool. <laughs> and you can you can hang out with people and talk about stuff and be exposed to different, you know, constructs. So I can say I never felt, you know, pressured to do any of my, you know, formal education. It was just something that, you know, within my family, we, you know, we do and it was exciting and, and engaging. So preparing and just doing some thinking for our conversation today, it made me sort of step back and think of, you know, so who are the people in your career who have really given you support? And I sort of had a aha moment there in that I realized that there were one, two, three, four, there's six men who I've known through the course of my professional career who have been incredible advocates and support of my work and what I'm doing. Um, And there's one who I did, I worked with 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, He was a a company secretary in a prominent UK business. And we were doing some work together. And at 32 years old, he said, this is great work. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to the board and we're going to talk about this. And in fact, you're going to go to the board and talk about this. Um, so that was my, you know, my first exposure, uh, you know, working with a, you know, a public board, not an executive team, but, you know, the board. 
Um, so, you know, these men have, you know, created, you know, and, and supported me, you know, through my career in a way that I think, you know, has really helped, um, fuel my, my success. It's so, the, 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 um, you know, one of the themes that I'm hearing in what you're speaking, talking about and what you're sharing is so powerful is the power of community, the power of connection, the power of relationships, the power of your environment. And, um, you know, that we need, like, in our, in our career, we need sponsors. You know, they, yeah. those, those six men sponsored you in different ways, you know, or mentored you in different ways. And, um, and, and they open doors, create opportunities and guide. And then there's this, and then there's, it's like your, your parents' guidance as you were growing up. And the thing that's just so integral, it was so integral to your growing up, you know, your, the education piece and the, but the people who are in, who your, your parents had relationships with and friendships with and their community and how that the difference that that makes and how that feeds your environment. So I'm, st I'm still struck by that your grandmother had a diploma in 1925. Yeah, um, that's pretty phenomenal. It is phenomenal. It's phenomenal glo globally and it's phenomenal in the US, you know, at the US, if we look at the US context specifically yeah. as well. I mean, <laughs> just like, yeah. it's, it's, and I can see in the you know how it, it, important that is to yeah. to sourcing as we said this question is what's the source of your success and there's all the work that you do all the day-to-day -day work all the actions you've taken all of that is all relevant and important because you still got to take the actions but right right what's right. the foundation that, that what's the elements that if if you really look you can see that they have served you into being where yeah. you are so it's really powerful yeah. absolutely and I and I love truly how you've used the word community before network uh, and I never really thought about it this in way in this way but I think yes community has been important and, and it's you know I would not purport to be you know a huge networker I don't think I am and for the listeners of of yours who know the Myers-Briggs you know, I believe it or not, I'm an introverted personality. Okay. Um, but again, I think by spending time on myself, getting clear on what I aspire to do um, and being open to go out and talk to people about that, right. you know, that that has held me in good stead. So, for example, one of the things, you know, I've done in my career when I was at a transition point. I sat down, I paused and I said, you know, so what is it that you think you want to be doing now in the next five years, mm -hmm. five to seven years? And more importantly, who are the people out there that you see are doing what you want to do? So identifying those people and then having the confidence to reach out to them. Now, I, you know, I didn't know any of them, but it's like you, these are prominent people, you know, in the field of you know, organizational psychology, um, consulting with organizations. Let me just reach out and say, actually, I'm sort of interested in what you, you do, and I, I would welcome some time with you. Yes. And I can't think of one person who turned me down. And by doing that, that also then created, you know, a non-pressured opportunity for them to get to know me, to hear my story and say, well, actually, this is really interesting. Why don't you come work with me? Or, wow, this is great. I, you know, a colleague of mine could, you know, right. do with talking to someone with you. So I think, you know, that sort of um, viral <laughs> building of community has uh, has served me well. Yeah, that's that's great. Such a great, there's such, such a great um, story there because you share about how you're building your community, the building of community, and I think yeah, because networking has a. I'm with you on that, you know. Yeah. I, I it just makes me go ah, but if you if you orientate in a different way, you know, if you if you reach out to people. 
and see and uh, and make requests of people like that it's am- it is amazing how many people say yes you know so if you don't know how to do something speak to someone who does or speak to someone yeah. who's done it and absolutely and, so and the, the worst you, thing they can say philosophy. is no they can say no yeah and then you just move on to the next person you just don't get attached right 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 it's not personal absolutely it's not personal if they say no they just maybe they're too busy you know what I mean? It's, we have no idea why they said no, but we just have to, you know, you just move on to the next person. There's always another one. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. What I loved about this interview with Viola, this part one, is to know that you, what you want to do at the age of 13 and what you want to do is to be an organisational psychologist it's quite extraordinary because it's not even something that you come across in normally at such a young age. So, um, and then to be doing that and then to be fulfilled by that in your life is quite an extraordinary journey, really. So I love that. I love that kind of sense of knowing at a young age and then follow through in your life. I am curious just to hear what you what you got from this episode with Viola as well. Now, if you are loving She's Got Drive, then please rate and review the show on iTunes. Um, and you can use it from your do it from your podcast app. It really helps us grow the show and share the show as well. You know, share an episode that you know that someone in your life is gonna you know really love and get a lot from it you know choose one of those episodes out of the 50 odd that are now um out there and and share the show i appreciate all of you for being in touch when you send me dms and messages about what you're getting from she's got drive it means a lot to me she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltolina the music is by the awesome or female band blonde the song is called circles Thank you again for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well.